Welcome to Immerse Messiah, reading for week 14, day 66. Immersed in John. The Jewish leaders announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. A generation after Jesus lived on earth, his followers continued to face threats like this one recorded in the Gospel of John. And this is one key reason why the book was written. For Jews living throughout the Roman Empire, the local synagogue gave them an ongoing connection to their ancient story and people. Expulsion from the synagogue meant being cut off from the community that had embodied God's covenant people for centuries. But John's Gospel assures followers of Jesus that they have not been excluded from God's story. Jesus embodies the deepest meaning and ultimate fulfillment of Israel's most vital symbols, festivals, and practices. The Gospel's opening line, In the beginning, echoes the opening words of Genesis, revealing that John is telling a story of new creation. God's ongoing work to restore His world through Abraham's family finds its continuity in the work of Jesus, the Messiah. John's Gospel reads very differently from the other three, being less a narrative biography and more a portrait of Jesus, drawn against the backdrop of Israel's history. Its purpose is to invite readers, both ancient and present, to be confident in their belief that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. The author of the book, traditionally considered to be the Apostle John, though he doesn't identify himself by name, tells the story of Jesus' life in two major parts. The first part has seven sections. Each relates what happened when Jesus took a journey and explores his identity in light of a key element from Israel's story. The centerpiece of this part of the book is the fourth section. The other six sections are paired with one another thematically from the outside in, as described in the following. 1. Jesus in light of the new creation. 2. Jesus in relation to the temple. 3. Jesus in light of the Sabbath and in conflict with Jewish religious leaders. 4. Jesus as the new Moses against the backdrop of the Exodus. 3. Jesus in light of the festival of shelters and in conflict with Jewish religious leaders. 2. Jesus in relation to the temple dedication festival. 1. Jesus in light of the resurrection. Near the end of each section, the author describes how people did or did not believe in Jesus after everything they had seen and heard. A recurring theme in the Gospel of John is the number seven. For Jews, this number indicates a consummate work of God and recalls the completeness represented by the seven days of creation, often called the Book of Signs. This first part of the Gospel details how Jesus performed seven mighty signs that revealed His glory. The Gospel also contains seven discourses, which are longer speeches in which Jesus unveils more about who He is. Finally, we find Jesus presenting seven I Am statements in the Gospel. These statements draw on a rich stock of imagery from the First Testament, including the bread of life, the good shepherd, the gate, and the vine. The second part of the book essentially tells the story of Jesus' final days. It begins with His last Passover meal with the disciples, followed by a long presentation of His instructions to them. Jesus speaks of the meaning of His death as a battle against the ruler of this world, and He prays to the Father for the unity of His followers, which will enable the world to believe their message about Jesus 
after he departs. Jesus then enters into his glory through his obedient death, which is why this part of the gospel is often called the Book of Glory. Before its brief epilogue, the gospel closes by telling of Jesus' resurrection on Sunday morning, the first day of the week. Jesus brings life and peace into this broken world, along with hope for its ultimate renewal. The Gospel According to John In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then, who are you? they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. 
When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. Thank you for joining us.